Hey, good morning, everybody. Happy Saturday. Welcome to you out there. We are uh, we are Leo and Claudine, and this is Business and Legal Talk with Leo and Claudine, and I'm your host, Leo Landaverde, and my gracious co-host. Say hello. Good morning. Hello. Claudine, are you awake? I am How awake. Where's your coffee? I um, It's gone. I need more. <laughs> well, welcome back, everybody. So, uh, it is... A beautiful Saturday morning, and it's 10 a.m., and you're probably going to and fro, and you're probably not thinking about work. But we speak every week to the business owners. Yes. Uh, if you own a business, you're running a business, you need to listen. You need to drop everything and listen to this show here in Power Talk, AM 1360, because we are... The feedback out there is that we pack a punch. Uh, we are relentless on helping you as a business owner be profitable and sustainable. So every week we're going to give you actionable things that you can do today to get your business not just profitable but bigger into the next level. Isn't that what makes the economy go around? It does. So that's um, what it does. Hey, any 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 exciting things in your legal world? Yeah, well, actually, we had something just come across, and I haven't had time to actually um, read into it and get all of the details. But um, this is probably going to be pretty big. Um, so you're familiar with PAGA? We've mm -hmm. talked about PAGA before, P yes. Private Attorney General Act of 2004. Yep. PAGA um, essentially deputizes employees to sue the employer on behalf of all former and current employees. So it, it functions like a loss or excuse me, a class action lawsuit. Um, and what you're doing is you're suing on behalf of the employees, but you're really standing in, in the shoes of the attorney general. Um, and so recently, actually this week, this California Supreme court says workers cannot recover wages under the PAGA claims. Uh, California Supreme court weakened one of the workers, most potent, potent weapons against forced arbitration, uh, Thursday saying workers cannot collect unpaid wages under the unique law that essentially deputize them to challenge the employment law violations on the state's behalf. So this is going to be probably very big. Be, PAGA is a way for you or an employee to sue an employer for labor code violations. Mm. Um, wages was okay. is the big one. Wage hour um, is, is a big one. So I'm not exactly sure how this is all going to play out, but stay tuned. Anytime we mess around with PAGA, um, we either strengthen it or weaken it. It, it. it puts a big ripple effect in employment law um, and, and how it relates to employers. Um, this looks like it's going to be a positive for employers, though. That's, should I be happy or sad about that? I think you should be happy. PAGA is a nightmare for employers who have been through PAGA claims. They are nightmarish because really? you, mm. it's, you literally have every employee past and present uh, for the last four years and, and you just the discovery alone, just digging through all of those records and having, um, an attorney, um, plaintiff's attorney combing through every, every payroll, um, every check stub, every hour of overtime, um, double checking that everything was done correctly. If you have 50 employees, a hundred employees, you can imagine how devastating it can be. And there's, there's claims and you just multiplied it times everybody and Paga, Claims are often combined with class actions. So oh, you essentially stuff. have two. So you've taken the damages. Let's just say one employee wasn't paid correctly. Um, if you, you just times that times how many of employees you have, past and present. Wow. Wow. What else is going on? So it can be devastating. Not too much. We are just what else should be, What else should I be scared of? Everything. <laughs> Everything when it comes to being business in the state of California, we talked last week about Dynamics, right? About Dynamics. Dynamics is going to have rippling effects. I don't know what what's going to happen. It, it's hard to believe that um, you know that that's the way it's going to be going forward. Um, I just you know there's so many people who really want to be and enjoy being independent contractors. People supplement um, their Social Security. The gig economy, and they which cannot, we talked about last week. Yeah, they're right. not going to be able to do that anymore. So, oh well. Just, just that's fun times. Uh, on my side, um, if you have a corporation that asks for an extension, nine fifteen. Uh oh, uh -oh. Uh -oh. it's uh -oh. that time. It's that time. If you haven't done it by now, you're uh, 
you, let's just say you may have a problem. Gotcha. Um, and the personal extensions coming up due on, uh, on October 15th uh, for, for your personal tax returns. So, uh, I, you know, and, and it just when things are done at the last minute, in my experience, mistakes happen. Oh, right? no question. So you don't want to be, you know, wait until the last minute for things to happen. But proper, I'm all about proper planning. In fact, I'm always concerned about planning for the future. So not just planning for the present, but planning for the future. So planning for the future and profit is something that I'm constantly thinking about. Yes. So we have a great show for you today. Yes. We have a great guest that is going to tell us about all how we're going to be able to store up our millions away and uh, all this great, um, you know, because I help you. What happens if I help you be profitable? Then we have all this windfall of profit. What do we do? Oh my what do gosh. we do with it? How do right? we save it? How do we save it? And so now I'll let you take over and tell us who we have for today. All right. Well, today, Derek Lindman is going to join us, and he grew up from the small farming community of Reedley in Kingsburg, California, just down south of us a little bit. Um, He was raised to do hard work and worked in the fields when he was younger. Nice. And ultimately got into the sales industry and became a sales assistant at a local fruit packing company. Um, After he graduated from high school, he carried on many jobs in the restaurant industry, environmental industry, educational, and athletic fields. Not talk about trotting around, <laughs> checking things out. That's that's a quite a variety. Um, and he's happily married for five years in October. Nice. And has twins that are balls of energy at two and a half years old. I can't even imagine. <laughs> On one hand, it would be fun having three kids. It would have been fun to have two at the same time, at the same stage, at the same that's age. That's challenging. But Exciting. The, I'm sure it comes with its own set of challenges. Um, he's been a financial advisor for three and a half years, and he's part of Falcon Financial Group, which is a DBA of um, um, New York Life. And um, practice ranges from Huntington Beach to the Central Coast and all the way up to the Bay Area, so he's covering a lot of ground. And um, he was the Million Dollar Roundtable recipient qualifier, excuse me, in 2018, which is the top. Who's this guy? Top 3% in the world. That's really rather impressive. Wow, the million dollar. Welcome to the show, Derek. Leo and Claudine, thank you for having me. You're very welcome. How are you doing? I, did, did we cover everything? Yes. I, I think so. Did we do it you justice? Got anything else to add? Um, no, just, yeah, those two and a half year olds. It, it's definitely a bundle of joy and um, it's fundraising two at the same time. So I heard I heard somebody who had twins making a comment. I don't I, I don't recall who it was. It, it was on a program um, that they scare and confuse people at the same time. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ours don't look hardly anything alike. So a lot of times we get the question, are they twins? Oh, right. Really? They- or are they even brothers? So they are frater- uh, what, what are they, what do you fraternal call twins. Fraternal twins. Yeah. Right? Oh. Versus identical. Yep. One's about an inch and a half taller than the other. Really? All right. Really? Yeah. That different? Yep. Yeah. Wow. So I, I wonder, so when you have, how often does fraternal versus identical happen? I mean, is it 50-50? Uh, that's a good question. So that's more of a, a genetic thing, and my wife knows all about that, as right. she was a twin herself. Oh. So she was? She was. It's a powerful genetic uh, it, makeup. It is, especially it carries on the woman's side. Don't really? Think, don't think we need to get into the science of all of it uh, today on the show, but uh, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. She... She can tell you all about it. Really? That's interesting. So, My brothers are twins. First question, right off the gate. How do you get involved in what you do? Well, for me, I just kind of fell into it. Uh, as a, a former high school math teacher, I uh, really enjoyed educating. Really? High school math? High school math. What? Where'd you find him? You numbers this, guys. What is invading in here? He speaks my love language. I guess. <laughs> yeah, so I just, I love numbers and love educating um, and really just wasn't enjoying the uh State education. Teenagers, a room full of teenagers. I actually enjoyed the teenagers. <laughs> it was the state education system that yeah. I wasn't really uh, enjoying. And so um, it's like, well, how else can I be involved with people, educate, and work with numbers? And um, interviewed with a few different firms. And, and here I am really? three and a half years later. Awesome. Never, ever would have thought have I uh, been here, um, but absolutely love working with uh, my clients. And one thing that you should know about, you know, Derek is... Uh, He's a hard worker. He's for sure a hard worker. Really? I mean, to get involved, I mean, this is a sales environment, and you really are at the front lines of faith. You know, anytime you get, I always, I love, I have I have this affinity with people who are in sales and just really, you know, we are hunters. We are looking for right. it. And, um, you know, some you're at a young age to realize, hey, I want to make a difference, and I want to take control of my own future. 
And uh, you did that. Right. right. Entrepreneurial spirit. Very much entrepreneurial. Exactly. And, and it was a hard thing for me to fight growing up in an uh, employee mindset. Right. Uh, mm. But yet my mind was always running business ideas. But I had the outside influence of being an employee, get your business, get your benefits and get your paycheck every single week. Right. And I just I couldn't handle it anymore. I had to follow my heart and my mind and and went after the entrepreneur lifestyle. My- how, how, how soon? How young were you when you realized you had this entrepreneurial bug? I was about uh, 20 when I first did it as a uh, door-to-door home security salesman. You did? Yeah. Door-to-door sales? Door-to-door. That's hilarious. Hello. Door-to-door. Yep. That's rough. Good morning. You're like the last of the, that door-to-door generation. I don't want any. It, you know, it was very, very popular in the 50s uh-huh. um, yeah. and even through the <laughs> 60s and 70s. Yep. Um, I think my husband did the um, Kirby course or he, yeah. uh, he, he was going to, I was like, no, 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 I don't think so. But, you know, that was at the very, oh, really? end, yeah, very end of Kirby. It's, you know, what you say that about um, being brought up in the world of, um, you know, paycheck benefits, being an employee. If I had a dollar for every time my father just pled for me to go get a job at the post office. I grew up with that. Mm-hmm. All Even through my 20s, he would say, just go get a job at the post office, would you? And um, I look back now and I think, yeah, I that was really never going to happen. <laughs> so, um, we probably need to go to break. So, stay tuned. We're going to come back with Derek as a guest here from Falco Financial. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Business and Legal Talk with Leon Claudine. Making it happen. Welcome back. All right. So, business and legal talk with Leon Claudine. We're having fun talking about um, business being profitable and sustainable. We have a great, uh, great guest uh, today, uh, Derek Lindman from Falcon Financial. So, who, who do, you, who do you go after? Who, who's t- tell us about what you do and, and what, what sort of services? Because you know our community is about business uh, owners. Sure. So, you know, I, I work with a lot of business owners and uh, individuals. Um, a lot of it trickles down for a business owner, even to their per- personal side. Mm-hmm. And our philosophy is a, a protection first financial planning basis. So we always want to make sure that all your insurances are up to protection par. Protection first. Okay. Protection first. Yeah, and that's um, could be a lot different than you talk to your standard financial advisor, and they're like, "Hey, I'm going to grow. I'm going to grow your wealth." Right. Well, what happens if all of a sudden there's a recession, or how are we going to protect against that, or what if someone gets injured? How are you going to protect against that? Right. Um, but we also need to make sure that what if you want to retire? And a lot of people are thinking. Retire? Yeah. <laughs> What's retire. that? R- What's that, right? Um, but people are like, well, you know, I'll sell the business. Yeah. But if your plan of action is to sell the business to get out, you're now in a vulnerable state because you can't sell in a position of power. Right. You're ready to get out and leave when you don't have the cash flow to be able to live without the business. Mm. Right. So in that, you know, we'll talk to the business owner and, and figure out, okay, what is that action plan? How can we help maybe put you in a position of power? So that way, maybe portion of your retirement is selling the business and a portion of it is you've already saved up for it. Or even if it's a family business, how are the, how's the next generation going to take over? How can you help set them ahead? Cause I know for myself, I didn't start my own business as an entrepreneur for myself. My for me, it's a legacy. Mm. Right. I want my kids to be able to take over and, and have that. I want to cut my teeth, and that's how I'm going to give my kids a better life. Right. Legacy planning. We work legacy a lot planning. with with yeah. in our firm. We also uh, do estate planning, okay. living trusts, and, and wills. Mostly, um, people are more appropriate appropriately situated for a living trust. Um, but that's exactly what we're talking about with clients as well. Is is that legacy planning? And um, when you're when you're all done the last thing you want to do is send it off to probate. Correct. And I would presume the same is, is happening for you in that you create investment plans. Um, do most of the investment plans that you're dealing with have a beneficiary in the event that the person passes away? They, they do. Okay. And, and I sure hope they do. A lot of times, you're surprisingly, and I'm sure you've interacted with it, um, I'll meet with somebody in their investment plan and they either don't have a beneficiary right. or they've only listed one. Right. And... I talked to him like, so what if the two of you were to pass away together? Right. We're, in, we're driving the car, my husband and I. Yeah. Now you guys get in an accident. 
where how is that money being transferred on to the next generation right in mm. the most efficient way right uh, so yeah, we, we have that conversation. We talk about creditor protection. Mm -hmm. A business owner may have a lot of assets, but how much of it's creditor protect protected? Right. You know it, and we're not um, ERISA attorneys or anything like that. We don't deal with that. Right. But on the flip side, we want to have that conversation and be on the for forefront, making sure that they're educated, so that way they can have if something happens to the business or on the personal side, they can have something set aside that can't be touched. So let me ask you, um, my understanding, and it, correct me if I'm wrong, that 401ks are judgment-proof. They are. Can you talk a little bit about that? I, I can go a little bit. can't go too far okay. um, as the whole ERISA attorney deal. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, so a 401k, the only thing, and being in California, the only thing that really can go after it is a divorce. Right. Other than that, it, it goes directly through the courthouse. That it, You get in trouble, whatever. Judgments. Doesn't, judgments yeah, doesn't matter. Asset. It, it is a hundred percent protected and a lot of most people don't out, th out there don't know that especially business owners right and they they reinvest everything back into the business their cash flow their p l's and all of a sudden a workers comp accident happens right and a paga claim and everything's gone yep but had they have set up a 401k for example they could have had a couple hundred thousand that they can still live off of right while they're trying to stay afloat. Super important, uh, particularly with the younger generation. We're talking to clients about it all the time because, mm. you know, it, of course, our, our position is always um, asset protection, life protection, avoid, you know, the catastrophic, you know, things that happen with employees and businesses and so forth, is that um, w twofold. When right now we're in a great employment economy, so right now getting qualified candidates and employees is more difficult than it has been in, say, the last 10 years. And so one of the things that business owners can do, um, if you can't offer a lot of the benefits to compete with the bigger companies, a 401k plan is a great uh, benefit to employees. Um, and then we also want to start talking to them about the fact that it is judgment proof, because um, if you start at 20, by the time you're 50, 60, obviously it's grown and you, you theoretically you've been continuing to contribute to it. But it's a way for you to secure money that is going to avoid the car accident, the lawsuit, the employee suing, you know. OK, so you get that. I have. OK, so I have a question. So I'm, I'm keeping our audience in mind mm -hmm. you know i don't i don't have any preconceived notions that everybody that is listening to the show is quite versed sure uh, even 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 me on a day-to-day -day basis mm -hmm. there's a lot of terms are thrown around you know 401k saps iras um so basically give us the basics give us can you educate us you know like uh, you know I, i'm here to uh, learn from you but People keep throwing the word 401k, and one of my questions was, as you're educating us today, is are you ever too small, or why would a 401k the best option? Are you, how small do you need to be to, to for it to make sense, et cetera? Sure. So, yeah, Claudine, you're talking a lot about the 401k and the mm -hmm. creditor protection, and that's where when I go and meet with a client, I really want to understand their situation. Right. Before even suggesting any type of product. I want to know how many employees they have, what their current financial situation is. Uh, do they have flexibility in their uh, cash flow to add that additional benefit for their employees to attract them from a larger company? Uh, and so with that, yeah, there's the 401k, simple IRAs, SEP IRAs. Um, generally with a 401k, I usually don't bring that up unless an employer says, no, that $13,000 limit on the simple IRA is not enough. I want to stash away more. Right. So it's a so it's an ability to stash away more on a pre-tax basis because they are already doing it correct through a SEP or through a what through a, a simple IRA simple IRA yeah so with the four hundred one k's you can as a employer or any any employee can put away up to a maximum of nineteen thousand or if they're over the age of fifty they can put up an additional six thousand a year uh, and. But with that, with the 401k, comes a lot of extra fees. Mm -hmm. You have to get a third-party administrator involved. Yeah. Uh, and that's generally done on my side. Uh, the employer just has to pay the cost of it. Uh, so if you don't have a lot of employees and the value of the plan won't be very rich, then maybe we look at a, a little simpler plan. And we're just trying to get some pre-tax deductions on the employer side uh, or even on to help the employees to add that additional benefit to their their benefit package plan so when you talk about fees I mean uh, uh, what 
I mean, because I think it's, it's an investment in the business. There's going to be fees, but what are we talking about? Is that a percentage? Is that a flat fees or is it a percentage of? Sure. Oh. So, so there's a few different layers. Uh, like I mentioned, the third-party administrator on the 401k, they're going to have their own uh, initial setup plan. It could be anywhere from $1,000 to $1,500, depending on who you use, uh, the, the complexity of the plan, uh, and how many employees you have. Uh, and then there's an annual fee that they'll have. Any, and I've seen anywhere from $20 a, an employee all the way up to $50 an employee. Per month or one time? Uh, or? On an annual basis. On an annual basis. Uh, and that is usually covered by the employer. Now, the fees that you can pass on on the employer to the employee is the investment fees. So each, uh, no matter who you invest with, whether it's a Hancock, American Funds, T, uh, TD, it doesn't matter. You name it. They're all going to have their own fees. Right. Everyone's got to make money somehow. And. And that's their way. So sure. what we do. So yeah. what they so they're gonna have the uh, fund management fee, which could be anywhere from 0.8 percent uh, up to 1.2 percent. It, it very it ranges depending on the carrier and the type of plan that you're using. Uh, then you're also gonna have an advisor fee, uh, someone like myself who's gonna help manage the plan, make sure that uh, the employer and employees all their investments are properly invested uh, to their risk tolerance. Because last thing you want is uh, an employer business owner who's got this large sum of money and then an example like 2008 happens and they lost it all because they weren't properly uh, diversified. Or, or, yeah. Yeah. So that makes sense. So yeah, so there's, there are our fees. Um, but those on the investment side, those fees are all going to be the same, whether it's a simple IRA or a 401k uh, where you have the additional fees is like I said, that, that third party administrator that you just can't get away from that. And that's where the ERISA compliance comes into play making sure that um, employers are, are not making the plan um, what they call top heavy, which again, we can get real into the weeds, but I, it's just, that's weeds on my end that we take care of, making sure that the, this stays as simple and complex for the employer. So let me ask you, and I, I hope this is not an unfair question. If, if somebody at 25 were to say invest $5,000 in, just, let's just say a 401k, because that's the most commonly known name for these investment sure. programs. Yeah, yeah. Um, if they put in, say, $20,000, let's just use, well, maybe ten is a little easier, $10,000 at 25 and didn't touch it and just let it sit there, what would they be looking at just generally rough, roughly when they're, say, retirement age, sure. 65? So they, they, they only did that $10,000 investment one time. Yep. So there's the rule of 72, uh, which we say if you get an average of 8%, that, money, that number should double every nine years. Uh, mm. So every nine years. So if you got 30, 40 years, that 10,000 should have been, what is that? Uh, 40,000, 50,000. Um, and, and that's a conservative number, right? Because we, we can't, can, we can't do tell what the market's going to do. Of course. Of course. So, but on, when we're, we're looking invested. at it, if, if you did a rule 72 and you got 8%, you'd have about 40, 50,000 on just that one $10,000 investment. That's see, that's just amazing. And I think, um, I certainly didn't get it as a young person, the time value of money. Yeah. Well, and, and the painlessness of putting it in early, um, yeah. it's a little more difficult when you're older and you have a lot more demands in, on your money and responsibilities and kids and so forth. And, and it, it's a lot easier to do when you're younger. Um, and I would highly, highly encourage people out there. I mean, even if you're not 25 anywhere, 35, 45, I mean, don't, don't slow down. Um, and from a business owner's perspective, there's a lot of creative things that you can do um, to work um, some of your tax liability and, and invest it and, and so forth. But it's amazing to know the numbers. If you, if you never just touched it again, if you just had that money sitting in there. So when, okay, so back to my, one of my original questions is how, okay, so you evaluate, you know, here's the thing. You can meet with a business owner and they may tell you, oh, we're doing great. And then their finances are not in order. How often does that happen? Probably more often than you'd think. <laughs> and, and it, it's or a, not. <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's a scary thing. Uh, you know, you meet with a business owner. It's like, yeah, things sound great. You know, we're having a great year. Plenty of money in the back. We, we've, got, we've, got a, we're, we've got a couple million dollars in revenue this year. Wow. But, uh, okay, great. And then it comes the end of the year, and they've got to do their company match or whatever, and they don't have the money because they – didn't allocate things properly and they were spending more or they were buying this or buying that to write it off on the other end. And they would wait until the end of the year to do the company match at one time? Yeah. So there's a couple of ways you can set that up. Ugh. Yeah. 
And so if you're that's not, not a good idea. To that's do like it once doing a year. payroll taxes once a year. Yep. Can you imagine? Good lord. Well, you have to file on a quarterly basis. But I, I, I always say, you know, impound, impound, mm-hmm. impound. Mm-hmm. Get them out of your account. You don't want that liability sitting on your, you know, you don't. You want to be able to sleep at night. Yep. No, because when you go look at your accountant to see how much money you have, when well, you do then, your, then, your, your, your bank account accounting, you feel good, right? <laughs> you go, but yeah. can you imagine if your tax liability is to the tune of ten thousand dollars a month, right? Just and then you have thirty thousand dollars. You got to set aside to for the for the for the filing, right? For payroll tax mm-hmm. filing. Uh, Ouch! And that's unforgivable sin, by the way. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. good to know. You can never, ever not pay payroll tax. It's just. <gasps> oh yeah, no, 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 no. Unforgivable no, that's sin. a problem. Even we can't solve. Yeah, I mean, it's even worse than being in problems with the IRS because that's not your money. It's somebody else's. You know. Any right. anyway, we get so. So the point is that. Here is what I, w- I was just curious because you're coming in and you 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 know CEOs by nature tend to be overly optimistic. Mm-hmm. Isn't that what you found? Yeah. They, exactly. They they think they're going to do a thirty percent growth this growth. year, and come come six months into their fiscal year, they're like, oh yeah, we're growing at five percent. <laughs> right. And you've built these plans and built their projections and all their finances off of thirty percent growth. Now, me personally, I generally do a little bit more on the conservative side. A CEO CEO tells me they're going to do thirty. I might say, okay, you're probably going to do 20. Right. Because you want to look at your history. Well, see, as, 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 as a CFO, I hear everything, but I go back to the data. What yeah. does the data show me? Three years, you know, history of growth or, or decline. Uh, anyway, so this is really, really good stuff. Uh, I know if I start asking the questions, we, we're going to go down the road and then we're going to be cut off for break. So might as well just go to break now. right now. We're, we're, we're listening to Business and Legal Talk uh, with Leo and Claudine, and we have Derek Lindman from Falco Financial here. Uh, yeah. We're having a good time. We'll be right back. Right on. Welcome back. Uh, Business and Legal Talk with Leo and Claudine. We're talking about your most valuable asset, your business that you're growing and the money that you're making that you want to pass on to the next generation and you want to do it and you want to shelter as much as you can legally from taxes. And then at the vehicle, is, is, is we have you know Derek Lindman here helping us out to understand what do you do with all that windfall of money that you're going to make and how are you going to be able to uh, create a legacy for, for, for yourself and your family. So welcome back, uh, Derek. So where were we? So we talked about 401ks, right? So, but what happens if that's not an option? I know you mentioned um, uh, IRAs and simple IRAs and SEPs. Can you walk us through what what is the, what that is? Yeah, so a couple different options. I mean, if you're a smaller employer and you're just trying to get your feet wet into the retirement uh, world and um, start sheltering a little bit of money, sometimes the simple IRA is the, the best option to go. And there, because biggest reason is there's no additional fees. Well, the only fee you're paying is the investment fee uh, that you're going to have no matter where you invest your money. And with that is you are also providing this benefit to your employees. And with a simple IRA, the only cost that you're going to have as the employer is the match that you do for your employees. And so if your employees don't ever contribute, you don't have to do anything for them. So they have the election whether or not they want to contribute 10%, 15%, or 1%. And so the way we can structure the plan is that you match up to a maximum of 3% dollar for dollar uh, if the employee does, decides to contribute. If they, Or there's the option of, hey, no matter what, if my employee contributes or not, I'm just going to do a flat 2% to every employee. Uh, generally on the uh, business owner side, we usually see the, the first uh, happen because they're more concerned about their bottom line mm-hmm. and making sure that they're keeping money in their business. Um, and yes, they want to provide benefits to their employees. But if their employee is not willing to take advantage of this great opportunity to start saving for retirement, well, why would I give them this extra bonus? I'd rather that go in in, in their payroll or I'd rather use that for a company uh, dinner, a Christmas party or whatever that may be. Uh, so a simple IRA, it's, it's literally that. It's a simple option for retirement planning um, for the business. And, and it really helps the employees to get that kickstart. Um, big thing to point out, like I said, is, um, and we, just, we were talking about the 401k, is even if you're a new business, it's best to start with something. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. And yeah. and this is this is where that start with something is is at. Maybe you can't do the nineteen thousand a year. Right. Well, then yeah, then we kick the four one K out the window and let's start with a simple IRA. Right. And just start there. And how much is that? what's the limit there? So the limit on the simple IRA is you can do up to thirteen thousand dollars per year 
uh, as an employee. Um, and if you are a, uh, over 50 years old, you can do an additional 3000 per year. Uh, and all these, all these guidelines will change from year to year. Uh, the limits, depending on what the government decides to do with inflation and everything like that. So like, uh, 2018 was actually, or 19 was the year that they kicked these numbers up. So where the 401k went from 18 to 19 and simple IRAs went from 12, five to 13. Okay. That's the amount you can invest per you, year. You can contribute, and so that, but and also to note that doesn't include the employer match. So you that's could, just your own personal contribution. That's your own personal contribution. So you could do that's the quite a lot. If you could do that thirteen thousand. Yeah. You think that thirteen thousand will double every nine years? Well, at at, at on the 8%, average, but on the average. average, what is average anyway? It depends on who you talk to. You can talk to some financial analysts Damn. where they're going to say, "Hey, we can get you twelve to fourteen percent." And yeah, that's been realistic in the last 10 years. We've been in the strongest bull market there has been uh, in almost history. Uh, yes, we had a little blip in about uh, 17, 18, mm -hmm. but overall, we're, we're going strong. Historical return in the Dow Jones, what is, what is it? 8%. 8%. Little, little, so you little get, over 8%. So, so 8% if, is a good safe place. If somebody comes to you with 16 or 17, you, ah. prob you probably should be a little leery. Look the other way? Le be a little leery. Um, and if someone comes to me saying, hey, I talked to this person that said I could get this, I say, okay, go for it. Oh uh, yeah, I think you should do that. Yeah, <laughs> I think They're that like, sounds can, like a great can, idea. Can I sign up too, please? Yeah, uh, because we we always want to be on the conservative side, right? Because we don't know what the market's going to do. Had, okay, so speaking of risk and appetite for risk, so we use sitting down with a business owner, and you know, and Claudine and I mm -hmm. are both business owners, and there's a certain way that we are wired. When I was when I was telling you that oh, CEOs can be over optimistic, it's true because I am also a CEO of my own company. And I always have to sanitize or curate my goals with other peers to make sure that I'm falling off. Like, hey, is this, is this, you know, I grew 20%, 20%. Can I, can I shoot for 25%? Is there a basis for that? So we always want to check on each other, right? So when you're sitting down with a business owner, and how do you assess their appetite for risk and where to put them in the investments? How do you go about doing that? Well, obviously, being a business owner, you're one of the most risky people in the world, right? Right. Because you, you could be rich one day and then mm -hmm. debt broke the next day. Right. Isn't that the very definition of entrepreneur? It is. And one who takes risks yep. for a profit. And, but That's what, what it is. <laughs> but what's funny is when I sit down with a business owner, they're generally more reserved with what I'm wanting to do than their own business. I don't get it. They Because they're, they're in control of their business. Ah. When it comes to investing the money, they've lost that control. They're trusting Makes someone sense. like myself to help them with their future. When they know they, they have the history over the last five years, whatever it's been, that if I take this $50,000, I can double it within the next three years right. by doing this stra strategic thing. But you know, how can I trust someone else to do that? Or they have the mentality of, I can get 30 to 40% return when I'm coming in and telling them, hey, I'll get you eight to 10% on average. Well, why would I give up that 20% option? And so that's where we have to really get into long-term strategies and, and tailoring something that really fits their personality and what their goals are. And those, I would imagine, change from time to time. I would imagine that the appetite for a person, who, an entrepreneur at 30 is different to the one who is at 50. Absolutely. I've got a couple yeah. of clients, uh, a family of clients where the, uh, the dad is, has, did a great job growing his wealth and um, he got to the age of about 65, 70. And his son's like, hey, dad, let's take that money. Let's just keep going. Let's keep going. And dad's like, no, I'm content. And is now just sitting on it while he's managing his mom's money, similar age, and he's doubling that money. So yeah, it, it, as we grow with our clients and our clients grow with us, mm -hmm. we're all aging. Right. We're all getting closer to that deadline when we need that money. So we're going to be more cautious as we get closer to when that money is a necessity. So as you get, so the profile changes, I get that. So in your golden years, so when you're ready, you know, you have your, you know, your, your growth and you've been able to, you know, if you're assuming that you're doing 20 years and double it twice and then you have this, so you start moving to a different um, asset based, uh, more liquidity or how to, you know, I, I guess whatever you can tell us, I, 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 I don't know how that works. Sure. So now, now that you're getting into the investment weeds and that's where we, we live and we love and, uh, so yeah, when you when you start out your younger age, you're you're dealing more with what we call equities, the stocks, growth. stocks of the world, Is that growth, like growth oriented, right. growth, growth mindset. And uh, as you get older, um, that's where we shift down more into 
um, a little bit more liquidity, uh, more on the bond, bonds, bonds, the bond market. Yeah, yeah. And so you have to make sure that you're you're always blended because at the end of the day, you can't go 100% safe or 100% aggressive. Right, right. Because if you're at retirement and you're 100% safe, well, if that bond market's only getting you 2%, but inflation's at three or four, you're falling behind them. Right. And your money's not going to last for the next 30 years when you're trying to re- live. But isn't that similar when you're looking at um, 401k versus uh, different types of IRA in that some some investments are pre-tax, some of them are post-tax. And right now what the taxes are down low, the idea is go ahead and invest in the post-tax because you're paying that tax now, taxes are low. Oh, you, yes. Well, ta- interest. I'm, I'm, I'm using the wrong word. No, you're, you're I, on the, I right, just, you're on the right path. No, I lost think, yeah. <laughs> But, but so, because what we know where are, we know what we're at today. We don't know what it's going to be like exactly. in 15, 20 years. But so having a little bit of both, not jumping entirely into one pre-tax bucket or post-tax bucket entirely. You sound like you've actually sat through one of our firm's presentations. I've, I've, I have She's to say, I have to say, we're not going to talk age here, but I will say there, <laughs> these are things that I have had to look at. Yeah. Yes. And, and uh, um, so, yeah, that that is a big thing. Even on the 401k side, you could do some post-tax 401k planning. And what that does is, you're, yeah, you're going to pay the tax today, which sometimes it hurts. Nobody likes paying that tax. But like you mentioned, we don't know where taxes are going to be in the future. Right. Uh, no one can predict. No one's got that magic eight ball. So really, if I want to have that control when I'm 62, 65, 67, when I'm retiring, of what income I'm going to live off of. is the unknown. We don't know what the future lies. Right. Exactly. So I've got to be able to control a little bit more of what my liquidity may be at that time. And I can actually play the tax game. If tax brackets are lower when I retire, great. We'll pull more out of our 401k or IRAs, whatever you want to call it. Right. Um, or if tax brackets are higher, we'll pull more from the after-tax side where we don't have to pay the tax again because we already paid it years ago if it's done in the proper vehicle. Mm. Because there are after-tax things out there <clears throat> like real estate or mm-hmm. just regular mutual funds that are you're going to get taxed on the regular. Again, we're not CPAs. We don't give you specific tax advice. Um, but along those lines, you know, if you're investing in Roth IRAs or different things where it does grow tax-deferred and comes out tax-free, you do have that flexibility and you're not going to be 75 working at Home Depot trying to get that supplemental income. Right. Right. Not, I've worked at Home Depot. Not to say there's anything wrong with working at Home Depot. Right. I've been there. It was actually fun. Um, but with that but said, it was by choice. Yes. Whereas at 75, <laughs> forced, you're, you're, yeah. trying, you're more being forced into that job. Yeah. So let me, um, can you explain a little bit about SEP IRAs? I know SEP IRAs have some unique restrictions to them. Um, but they are a good um, candidate. Maybe we want to do that after we come back no, from break. No, we can get started. I mean, you know, yeah, well, I'll it, just it's cut a you good guys candidate off. for our <laughs> micro businesses. Exactly. Um, I, I and even some of those, you know, five to ten employee businesses even enjoy a, a, a SEP IRA. And SEP IRA, what it really stands for is a simplified employee pension plan. Oh. And, and in a world where pensions aren't really. Uh, evident anymore. Right. Really only place you see pensions are in the federal and state levels of employment. Right. So what does it mean? Self-employed? Simplified. Em- Simplified. Employee pension. Okay. That's what's it. And mm-hmm. should learn something new today. That's right. Well, glad I was, you had me on the show. See, right. you just made it, it worthwhile for totally. us. Totally. Uh, so w- with the SEP, uh, you know, I, I have some doctors who they may benefit more on a cost basis for them to do a 401k, but the ease of access and the ease of contributions, a SEP is the best way for them. How so? Because all the contributions are done on an employer basics basis. So the employee has no control, but really there, there's a few limitations as to how much you can contribute, how it gets invested. Um, and with that is you can contribute up to 25% of your income to a maximum of $56,000 a year. It's a lot. This is the net, this is the business's net income. Uh, employee. 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 Oh, okay. So, As opposed to 16 on a 401k. So ni- 19. It, excuse me, on a 19. So it's considerably more. Yes. Uh, where where it may not benefit an employer is if they have employees and they're not wanting to fund that because if they fund it for themselves and they have a few employees, they have to fund their employees plan as well um, from the employer's assets. Uh, so, you know, but again, as an ease of planning and that employer wants to have that plan for themselves and that deduction from the business, it's a great option. 
because you may be as an employer, you may be making $250,000 a year. So you can contribute that 56,000 for yourself, but you have employees who are only making 20,000. Well, you're only doing 25% of that 20,000 per employee. So if you've got 3,000 or three employees at $20,000 a piece, you're only contributing $4,000 for each one. Because it's done on a percentage basis of, up, up to of that specific employee's income. Income. Oh, right. That's interesting. That's not a bad. That's not a bad for smaller businesses. Depending on, I mean, if you're if you are a business that has um, employees that are at a mid um, salary range. Yes. Or even you know, I'm still confused entry between levels. the SEP and the 401k. So. I mean, when but do you cross the line? Pre-tax. So yes, these are all pre-tax vehicles. Uh, so the, con the 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 tax deduction happens today. Um, really, when you cross that line is the amount of employees you have, and how generous of an employer are you? And if you are a micro business, for example, a realtor, uh, that's a really good plan. Law firms, yeah, mortgage brokers, anybody who I, I say anybody who's five or less employees, except except IRA is the way to go. Uh, can you upgrade from a SEP to a 401k? Absolutely. Oh, so you, you can start with a yes, SEP. Yes, a, a SEP may be another introduction plan. All right, stay tuned. We need to go to break. Business and Legal Talk with Leo and Claudine. Having fun. We'll be right back. Okay, so we're having so much fun today with Derek. Thanks for being with us. So how do we find you? I mean, there's just all this, you're unpacking all this great content, but I'm sure that if you're anything like me, I, you know, it's easy to get confused when it's investment stuff. So tell us, what, 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 where do we find you? Where do we go to get more information? So you can find, find our, us at uh, www.falconfi, that's falcon like the bird, fi.com. Or you can reach us at 559-447-3619 and just ask for myself, Derek Lindman, and would love to unpack this for you. I know that we've thrown a lot at you, and um, you may even be wondering, well, did we get set up with the right plan to begin with? Uh, I meet with a lot of clients who already have a plan in place and um, really weren't aware of the different options that they had uh, between the 401k, the simple IRA, or even the SEP uh, IRA, and, uh, you know, we can unpack which one is right based off the size of your company, how much you want to contribute. Uh, has your business changed in the last couple of years where you may need to make that change, uh, but the, you didn't really have anyone to help guide you in that direction and would love to just help uh, point you in the right direction and help uh, move you forward. Yeah. So you know what? We have some uh, sound problems at the very beginning of the segment. Okay, please tell us again, you know, number, where do we find you? Because this is important, you know, like, how do, we, how do we get to you? Yeah. Um, and like we said at the beginning, you know, I've, I travel all up and down the state. I even have clients out across the country. That's a great thing about my wow. industry is that we can do a lot of things virtually. Oh, yeah. And uh, so be happy to help anybody anywhere. Uh, but our specific website is www.falconfi. That's falcon like the bird, fi.com. Or uh, you can reach me at 559-447-3619 and just ask for Derek. Um, our lovely staff will probably be answering that phone call because they sound much better on the phone than we do. <laughs> Great. So have we demystified it all? So what are the takeaways? You know, how do we, what, what do you want, what do we want our listeners to walk away with? Sure. So I, like you said, you know, it, this is a very complex and confusing topic uh, for a business owner. And, and because of that, a lot of business owners don't even um, attempt to uh, implement it into their business, into their practice, and and help their future, let alone their employees. Uh, so really, if, if you're trying to look for a, a few simple things to uh, to chew on over the weekend, uh, you can start with, you know, how many employees do you have? Okay. Uh, how many employees do you have? So if question number one. If you're in the range of one to five employees, uh, probably the uh, simplified employee pension uh, is the best. The, the SEP IRA uh, would generally be the best. Um Again, wouldn't really know that until we actually sit down and evaluate your situation, but that's a starting point. If you have anywhere from six to uh, about 45 to 50 employees and you're a smaller revenue, uh, you might want to look at the uh, simple IRA. That's the one where uh, you can contribute up to 13,000 um, on an employee basis. 
and the employer only has to match up to a maximum of 3% uh, or uh, 2% on a, on a non-match basis. Uh, and if you have anywhere from 30 to 45 and up, that's where you've got to go to the 401k side. Um, and that's really the, the bigger plans that need more administration. It needs more hands-on. And there are more IRS filings that go through ERISA compliance and all that uh, fun legal stuff. So you could be – so there, and there are the, – we, we didn't talk much about today, which is the individual IRAs, right? So can you as a business owner have you one for you, one for your spouse, and then have the simple um, – IRA in your business is the, the, can they coexist or so the, what do you recommend? Yeah, so that's a kind of a, a tricky question. You can they can kind of coexist, uh, but generally most people think of an IRA as a tax deduction. But if you're contributing to a simple IRA, you will not be able to do that non-deductible t- uh, traditional IRA. Mm. You could you could do a Roth IRA depending on your income limit okay. uh, because Roth IRAs do have that phase out limit. Uh, but beyond that, yeah. Th- you can't really, there's, there's a lot of IRS regulations on if your employer offers a plan on how much you can actually do to a traditional IRA on a non, on a uh, deductible basis. And I just want to throw in here that I don't, don't want to go too, this is along the same lines. I don't want to get too far mm-hmm. off track, but we have some regulations coming up here pretty soon. Are you talking about Cal Savers? Yes, I am. Yep. And, and business owners, b- business owners out there understand starting next year for those who have more than 100 employees, 100 or more? 100 that- more. As of June 30th, 2020, they now have to offer a retirement plan. If not, there are heavy fines that are coming down the pipeline. Yep. Or or I hear the state can manage it, which, you, you know, was always such a great idea. Oh, sure. Um, well, and the- but it goes, it, it, before you get off that topic, um, run through the next few years. Sure. So um, you made a comment about this, how the state does things. Mm-hmm. Not always a bad thing. We're we're Unless you're in Calpers. Okay. <laughs> and, Just and, and so we're we we think that there are great pros and cons to the Cal Savers plan. Okay. Because it is getting people to save. Right. This but is one on, this is one regulation that I have to say I do not think is a bad idea for our communities. For our communities. But for the business owner of a business of a hundred and more employees or fifty more employees, the business is probably gonna have to hire another uh, HR department employee to help manage all the compliance yeah. with it. Um, uh, starting in wow. June 30th, 2021, uh, any employer with 50 or more employees will have to uh, comply by this uh, CalSavers plan. Right. And by 2022, any, any employer with five or more employees will have to offer a retirement plan to their employees or have a automatic uh, deduction from the employee's payroll to the CalSavers plan. Uh, and, and that, again, can be a big headache depending on the size of the company. And that's where you really want to get a, a professional in the uh, retirement world like myself in there to help you on the business side to make sure that, um, you know, I, what if I, you are a, an ag industry? That's huge here in the Valley. Yes. Um, and these ag companies may have five, six, eight thousand employees. Can you imagine the headache that that's going to provide for them? Wow, that's true. And so... There are ways that um, along the ERISA lines that the, the uh, third-party administrator can do carve-outs to really save that employer a ton of headache. Well, you know, as we say all the time, don't wait. Plan now. Use this as a, as a tool to get good employees and help them stay with you because this is a benefit. Um, in, and you have that window of time right now where this is something that you can offer that would make you more competitive than another business. Pretty soon, everybody's going to have to offer it virtually. So use that leverage now. It, it, you know, sit down with, with somebody. Sit down you know, with yourself. And um, I... I'm pointing at him and I'm looking at him. I'm sorry. That didn't, for the radio, I'm that, that sorry. That sounded a little weird. That didn't come, yeah, that didn't come out right. How about right. conversation with yourself? But, okay, so sit down with Derek. <laughs> I'm sorry. As, as, oh, that was terrible. But in any event, sit down with him and go through because there are a lot of options depending on your level of um, tolerance for complexity or um, if, do you want to just do something simple. But get on the ball now. Don't wait to the last minute. Yeah, setting up these plans is not an overnight overnight deal. No, it's not. Uh, even I've met with some employers who want to get this in before the end of the year and they're calling me in November. Oh no. And we have deadlines. It, it's, it's not a, uh, one meeting, uh, deal where it's a lot of times which we're meeting with you for a few weeks, uh, cause there's multiple parties involved right. and we have to get documents signed 
And sometimes it's even a 30-day out before it can actually be implemented. So if you're wanting this done before the end of the year or the uh, deadline of June 30th, it's not a wait till uh, June 15th type of thing. Derek, I have a question unrelated to what we're talking about. Shoot. You're a young man full of energy. What gets you up in the morning? Uh, my kids. <laughs> Literally. Literally. <laughs> no, I, I haven't set an alarm clock in two and a half years. <laughs> no, but, but why do you do what you do? What's your you passion? I, I love um, educating the people I work with. Uh, coming from an education and coach background, uh, that's what drives me. Um, I, I was having a lunch yesterday with a fellow uh, realtor, and um, I was like, yeah, I just, I just love educating. Even if you don't become a client, at least you get to walk away with uh, a little bit extra knowledge, mm-hmm. and um, maybe you'll come back to me in the future. Uh, but really just the education, because I came from it, got into this industry with no education, mm. did not understand what it took to be able to retire at 65. I didn't understand that as a teacher, my Cal STRS was not enough for me. Right. That I should be doing additional supplemental investing and, and retirement planning. Uh, so there was a lot of additional things that I wish I would have learned a lot sooner um, on my own personal side that now I'm taking that and trying to educate uh, our general uh, population on how to uh, protect and um, move forward financially for a better future. Because at the end of the day, as a parent, that's what we want for our kids, right? Uh, usually, and so with that, the way that I hope to provide for my kids is for them to be better off, um, not just financially, but in a um, more knowledge, and they can set themselves up better. So wow! And also, I, I want to just throw one one last thing in. Um, a lot of business owners weathered the catastrophe that was two thousand seven, eight, nine, mm-hmm. ten, and whatever. Um, and that a lot of people are starting over and they're not 25 anymore, they are. but it can still be done. And our motto in our policy is, you know, even if you, you start putting away some stuff for retirement now, it may not be enough to live on entirely because of the time span that you have. Um, and some of the re- realistic constraints that you have, but if you get a thousand dollars a month or $500 a month, it's better than no dollars a month. It, it, during that period of time of retirement, because I think uh, pretty much the consensus is we are likely to not actually see Social Security mm-hmm. um, in you know 15 years from now. Yeah. I mean, we, we wouldn't say that we don't think it's going to be completely gone. We think it, if nothing changes by about 2034, 2035, it'll be, be worth 75 cents to the dollar. Uh-huh. But, you know, yeah. Is, is Social Security going to be enough? No, it right. won't be. Because you're used to a certain level of income now, Social Security is maybe forty or fifty percent of your income. Right, right. So don't think you're too old. Is my point. Don't don't think that. Can, yeah, it's never know, too late to start. start a, no, but don't be reactive. Yeah. Right. So I think it's the perfect you know segue into just thanking you. Um, you know, we got to wrap up the show. Thank you so much, Derek, for for being at the show. I uh, you're hereby extending an invitation to have you back. I, I think our listeners can definitely benefit. So. Um, you heard it from him, you know, where, how to get a hold of Derek. Uh, I think it should be part of your financial planning as a business owner. Not only you have this tax advantages, but also just wealth accumulation. So thank you so much, Derek. It was great, great having, having you on the show. Uh, I hope you have fun with Leo and Claudine here, a business talk with Leo and Claudine. See you next week. See you next week, everybody. Have a good one. Make it happen. <laughs>